0: Serious XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite
1: with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! I can't tell you what a great person this P.J. Carlos is. Uh, he is busting his ass at that... Uh, Pac-12 tournament out in Vegas, and he found some time for us today, like he did with the Durant and Irving trades. He found some time for us today to give us some thoughts on Beheim, who's not talking anywhere. P.J., that's his best friend. Him and Cheshevsky and Beheim, they're thick as thieves, so that's got a chance to get a little feel of his buddy. Uh, P.J., it's a pleasure. How are you today, pal? Doggy, okay? Thank you. We are thieves,
0: by the way. We're not thick-ass thieves. We are
1: thieves. So we are thieves. Uh, you know, we got a couple of things I want to ask you about. Uh, I, but Beheim first. I want to ask you about Fordham too. But Bayheim first. Uh, I want you to talk about his greatness as a coach. Matchup zone at Syracuse. The longevity. Five Final Fours and a title. Lots of Sweet Sixteens. He's very under. He's got a million wins. He's actually a little underrated. Let's talk about that. Go ahead. Let me hear. Well, he's,
0: he's so good, uh, dog. I, and obviously you, you mentioned Mike and I and, and throw Roy Williams into the mix in terms of three of the great coaches that we've ever had in the college game. Retire, uh, you know, within a couple of years of each other. And I only coached against Roy a couple of times. I coached against Mike a, a, a few more and obviously coached the most against Jim. So, I mean, I have a good feel. When you sit on the other bench and when you play somebody twice a year, always, and oftentimes three or four times, uh, I, I'm scared to say how many times we've played uh, Jim's teams over the years. Um, he's not a good coach. He's a great coach. I think the fact that he played the 2-3 for so long, some people just assume that, um, you know, that, that diminished their defense. He was one of the best defensive coaches in the country for almost 50 years. I can't tell you how many people, college and NBA, went to Jim and wanted to know about the two-three. He came down. Pop flew him down when we were in San Antonio. Uh, he's such a great coach. He and Mike worked so well together for three gold medals in the Olympics and a couple of gold medals in the World Championships. Excellent game coach, dog. Incredible game coach. Adjustments would change the, the defense, but we change what they were doing offensively. He handled great players you think of the players he's had over the years he had a, a number of guys real personalities and not easy guys to coach and he always did a great job with them i, I honestly thought for years he should have gone to the nba like if i was an nba gm i would have grabbed him because i i thought he handled people so well he, he got them to do what he wanted to do but he wasn't confrontational you think of the players he's had some real you know dominant personalities and some real characters and yet they always performed for him and they loved him they loved playing for him and he got him to do uh during a game and and during their careers at Syracuse what he wanted uh to me not underrated at all I mean I thought he was clear you know when you win 1100 games and as you said when you win a national championship and you've been to five final fours um you know what more do you have to do um I'm just so disappointed dog and I'm trying to I went from the first interview I did was right after the press conference, which was an embarrassment. Um, That university, when, when you get, Dougie, he went there in 1962, I think as a freshman, and he never left. He was there for four years. He graduated. He went to grad school there. He was an assistant coach, I think, for seven years. And then he's been a head coach for like 100 years, it feels like. And all he ever wanted to do was coach there. He had so many opportunities to go other places. And the only place he ever wanted to coach was Syracuse. And for a guy that's had that, you know, in the Hall of Fame, gold medals in the Olympics, national championships, the absolute face of Syracuse basketball for how many years, and all he ever wanted to do was coach at Syracuse. And for him now, after that kind of career and a a year, I thought he did an excellent job this year. That team's 500 in the ACC this year. Two years ago, they are in the Sweet 16. All he ever wanted to do was coach at Syracuse. You're telling me now they're telling him he can't coach at Syracuse? It's a disgrace. a well, I was, well, disgrace.
1: I don't want to – let me gently ask you it this way. You know, he is 78. He's been there for 50 years. I mean, could you make the argument it's time to go to – it's time to move on? Can you make that sure argument? Sure
0: you can. You absolutely can. And it's their right. And Jim's, you know, he doesn't make any bones about it. But I would make the argument what they, they don't owe him a little different consideration than somebody else. He, he's not just somebody that was there. I mean, I was at Seton Hall for 12 years. I feel like that was a long time. 47 years, incredible, excellent, however many NCAAs. You know, when they built the Carrier Dome, I know it's football also, but people laughed, said that they can't play basketball in there. He filled it. When he was in the Big East, he's one of the four pillars of the Big East, as you know so well with Louie and John and Roley. When you have that kind of career, you should be entitled to say, I still want to coach. He didn't want to coach five more years, but he can still coach. And anybody that says he can't coach, look at half of the ACC now. Look at most of the country. Like people say, you're telling me he can't coach anymore? He always wanted to coach at Syracuse, and he deserved to say, when he didn't want to coach anymore. All right, well, why
1: opinion. then? All right, uh, I'll, I'll go with you then. If that is the case, Syracuse is smart enough. It's a, you know, they're not stupid. I mean, they know what he's meant to the program. Why did they force him out?
0: No clue. To me, it was a classless move. Really, really disappointing. The way it was handled was even worse. That press conference, and then a couple uh, hours later, they announced Red. I'm, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm glad it's one of his guys. I love Rad. I love Jerry. The guys that are that are still there, Alan. You know that that's great. But you, you can't handle it any more poorly. That's that's what you get after coaching there for forty seven years and all. Well, you they must have.
1: Well, they they must have told him, PJ. They must have had these conversations, Jimmy. We think this should be it. Over the last two or three months, they just didn't spring this on him yesterday, did they?
0: No, I don't think they spr- uh, sprang it on him yesterday, but I think they were in disagreement. And all of a sudden, they just that, that was it. You know, that's the end of it. I, I, again, uh, to me, Doggy, I, I know coaches don't, don't get tenure. We don't deserve tenure. But, I mean, I would say there's been – I'm sure there's great faculty members there that have been at Syracuse for 40 or 50 years. I would say he taught his subject, basketball, as well as anybody that I've ever had there. Maybe not better than every faculty member, but as well as. And he didn't deserve to say when it was going to be over. I mean, we're talking like they're terrible. They're five hundred in the ACC. They're in the Sweet 16 two years ago. It's not like he forgot to coach. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm biased, Doug, You know that. But well, no, you know I mean, I, so I, I'm
1: glad, I, glad you're saying this uh, because yep, I I, you know I look how close at it. I am with him. I know. But well, that's why I put you on. There's that's no way I, I, that
0: could have been handled any more poorly. Than it was. And that's well, just really disappointing. What he, you know, an alum, somebody that spent his whole life there, somebody that only cares about Syracuse. I mean, that, that's a, the thing I remember is so well, many well, times. People wanted him to go somewhere else, and he'd always go, "I want to coach at Syracuse." He still wants to coach at Syracuse. That's a when was he
1: can't do it. But when do we stop? What eighty-eight? I mean, when is enough enough?
0: I think that's his call. I think he earned the right to make that his call. I, like, I, to me, is he, he's an embarrassment to the program right now. He doesn't no. know how to coach. They're not no. good. Are you kidding no. me? They no. they, they're not. Where should they have finished in the ACC? With I, that agree. I agree. I agree.
1: I mean, I, no argument. I, now, they know, haven't me, been.
0: Assistance recruit. The assistance recruit and the head coach coaches, that gentleman can still coach. And I, I thought they owed him that. Even if, he, even if he stayed a year longer or he stayed a couple years longer than they wanted, uh, you know, uh, it, it's going to take time, doggy. We're going to look back and I'm going to say, mm, you know, uh, maybe You're what upset. he did was ultra special. I think it's You're automatic upset. what happened. I remember, you remember the teams with You're the upset. Lee brothers and Dooms and Waddick and them. Jimmy won when they didn't have great players years ago. Don't get me wrong. They were good players. But everybody thinks, oh, yeah, he won when he had Pearl and, uh, you know, all the great Derek Coleman, all the great players that were there. Billy Young. He, he won with a lot of different teams at Syracuse for a lot of years.
1: Do, do a lot of – does Krzyzewski feel the same way you do? Do a lot of coaches in basketball – I'm sure you've talked to a million of them today. Do they feel the same way?
0: Yes, because I think most coaches feel hey, – people, to be honest, like people who say, now oh, he's lost it. He, you know, like he's not doing as good a job in games anymore. Or he doesn't have the enthusiasm for the game anymore. That wasn't the case. There's a lot of guys, doggies, that are fed up with the college game the way it is now with the NIL and the transfer portal, there's a lot of guys that just shake their head and say to me all the time, man, it's changed so much. I don't enjoy it anymore. He still enjoyed it. I'm not saying he loved the portal or he loved, uh, you know, the uh, NIL, but but he was still getting it done. I, I mean, I, I just think that uh, especially with, you know, a tough year for them, but they still would have been. I don't know what they're going to do, but they certainly would have been an NIT team. Uh, you know what I mean? That's Did embarrassing they, finish? Come on.
1: Did they lose Hopkins because of TJ? Uh, because of Jimmy not deciding what he wanted to do seven or eight years ago? Not that Hopkins is Vince oh, yeah. Robert, No, no I, but I, they, I
0: think there's no question. Hop waited for Dougie. How Mike? I'm with Mike in Seattle. You know that, and he was out here yesterday, of course, in the Pac-12. Mike played against me when I was at Seton Hall. That's how long ago Hop played at Syracuse. He and Stevie Thompson played against teams, our Seton Hall teams. And, yeah, he, he I, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, got tired of waiting. He was going to get the Syracuse job, but nobody knew when Jim was going to, uh, you know, give it up. And he might have given it up a couple years ago. But, buddy, and, you know, when he had a chance to coach buddy and Jimmy, I'm sure that entered into it. But, again, I, I, I don't, you know. In, in well, how about my, I, are I they afraid? Honestly, uh, is Syracuse? It, well, let me ask you
1: this it. way. Let me ask you this way. If they lost Hopkins, were they afraid they were going to lose Autry? If they let Jim stay on and coach more,
0: perhaps. Yeah, I don't know what was in their minds. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't think. I think this was even above the athletic department. I like John Wildack a lot. I, I, you know, I'm not there, and and I didn't ask Jim what was going on behind the scenes. How did how did that whole thing happen? But I think this was uh, above that. I I think this was at the high administrative level. Have you
1: have you yourself? Had some kind of text or conversation with Jim in the last twenty-four hours.
0: I talked to him. I talked to him right after that press conference. It was a disgrace. I was, I was embarrassed. Is he? Is he? Is he very upset?
1: Is he very upset?
0: I'd say he's disappointed. I don't know if upset's fair, but he's, he's. I would say he's eminently disappointed.
1: Um, Did he? Did he know at that press conference that Syracuse was going to do that two hours later?
0: I don't know that. I, I didn't ask that. You know, that gets in the red and his assistant and the whole deal. I didn't want to go there. I just wanted to talk to him how he felt and the whole you know, right uh, after it was over and uh that's uh, uh well
1: before, I know you gotta run back to the game too. I don't wanna keep you no too long. I'm explain good. explain to the audience what the matchup two three zone is all about defensively. Go ahead. Well, they played it
0: so differently than other teams. They played it higher. Uh you watch the you know, a normal two three you watch people like the guard's got to be a little higher now because of the three point line but you know the guards are a little bit higher than the free throw line and the back line would go right across the you know the bottom like maybe the middle guy would be in where the restricted area is you know and the other two wings Syracuse's zone was always much higher than that they came out they pressured the ball they didn't give you the outside shots they played their corners much higher than almost anybody plays that 2 3 zone he could trap out of it At half court, or he could trap out of it in the corner, and they mixed it up. They do it obviously out of timeouts, but they do it. He had a great field during the game, like you'd be settling in and getting good shots, and all of a sudden your guy comes across half court and he's not ready, and the two top guys jumped him, or the ball goes into the corner and they trapped in the corner. They could turn the zone, they could feature, you know, they could focus on who was the really good shooter. I mean, we had Terry DeHair. Terry DeHair was not going to get a lot of open shots against that zone because they knew it. He could point the zone at a particular player. He could make adjustments within a game. You were hurting them by getting the ball into the high post and maybe getting a couple of high-low looks, and then all of a sudden, boom, the pass into the high-low wasn't open. Uh, You you couldn't get the ball into the middle. Uh, It it was incredible how well they played it and the adjustments they could do and how different their 2-3 was in other 2-3 zones. A lot of people played 2-3 zone, but nobody played it the way he did. And you, could, you, you couldn't get ready. I mean, you had a couple of days to get ready. It's so much different than in the NBA. You'd have two or three days usually to get ready unless you were playing a Saturday and then a big Monday game. You had time to get ready, but your guys couldn't play it that way. You know, like you say, 2-3 zone, this is where the openings are going to be, but they were long. He, always, he wanted preferred. He often had long players. They got so many deflections on the passes. And they usually had, you know, somebody like D.C. or a good. Sometimes wasn't a great offensive center, but he was a good center in the middle anchor in that zone. You just didn't get easy looks against it, uh, and they, you know it took a long time. Uh, it was it was hard, and they didn't they didn't go to the offensive boards real hard, so they were always back in transition. They weren't a team unless they turned it over, but you got a lot of fast break looks against it too. So you, you really had to play their way. You know, it was like he played that. All the time. We used, to, we used to come down or I was up there. We would have shoot-around. He never had shoot-around. And like he'd say, Let's, well, we're going to go somewhere for lunch. And I go, no, we got a shoot-around, the ahead We're trying to get ready for your team. And he goes, what's the know?" He goes, well, we don't have to do that much different because we only see so many different things. We play that zone all the time. We know there's only so many different things people can do. So our guys are ready for it. It, it wow. really helps with their preparation.
1: All right, 92, you're an assistant with Chuck. And 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 Jimmy was on that staff if I'm not mistaken, was he not? Was no, he Jimmy was staff? not. No, it was oh, was not. I was not.
0: Mike and I and Lenny Wilkins. Oh, that's with right. Mike, I forgot.
1: Lenny Wilkins he was
0: with Mike from uh, 0, 8, 12, and sixteen. All right, three gold uh,
1: yep. This is a good one for you. Would Kobe and LeBron respect Bayheim? Call him.
0: Uh, call up LeBron and ask him. They loved Bayheim. They loved him when he was there. They love talking to him about what they did at Syracuse. Again, so many of those guys, you're talking two guys who didn't get a chance to go to college in those days. They'd have been in the mix. They would have loved to have played for him. He, I mean, he was a player, you know, like people, they always talk about uh, a player's coach. He was a player's coach. He, he got his guys to play. and People would like see him on the sideline. But again, you think of the guys he coached over the years and how well they played for him and how much they liked playing for him. Uh, you know, that, that's, not an easy trait, you know how I was. I mean, I loved our guys, for the most part, our guys were really good, but I, they probably would say I was not an easy person to play for. I'm not saying Jim was easy to play for, but he handled guys so they, you, you put that litany of guys that played at Syracuse So and, Derek
1: and, and Coleman they played for Derek him. Coleman Derek Coleman loves loves Jim of course
0: you would it
1: would be very difficult for you to find somebody that doesn't,
0: and I put all three of those Olympic teams. You could talk to any of those NBA guys that played for him. They love playing for him and Mike. Carmelo really Anthony. Did.
1: Carmelo Anthony oh, loves uh, Bayonne. Forget about loves Melo. Him.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the, the name. The name of their practice facility is Carmelo, is Carmelo Anthony.
1: So they love they each died. other. All right. Now, uh, be fair here. He was there a yep. long time. Lots of good players. Should Should Jim have stolen another NCAA title?
0: Oh, boy, I remember walking around New Orleans
1: with him. It must have been 3 or 4 in the morning.
0: I think Bourbon Street or Canal Street had already closed down the New Orleans game with the the timeout and when Keith Smart made that baseline jump shot. Yeah, you'd feel that. I mean, I feel we should have had a national championship. I'm sure he feels feels that going to five Final Fours, were they in three championship games, if I'm not mistaken, three finals? They lost to Mississippi. Uh, They lost to
1: Mississippi. Yeah, they lost to Kentucky. They uh, won, and they. Won, I think he went to two championship games. That right? was your third. Oh yeah, three. I it was Indiana, three. I think three. Indiana. Yeah, you're right. Indiana, Kentucky. Yeah. And he beat Kansas. Three. three yeah. title games. I'm sure he
0: felt that, You know, you always feel that as a coach, particularly when you're right there. Ah, uh, we could have done this. Had we done this different, or had we got a break or something like that. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he would say, I, I, I should have won another one. But you know, yeah. that should is kind of strong. Could have yeah. won another one.
1: Uh, did the situation – everybody used to say, play defense for him and he'll let you do what you want offensively. Was that true?
0: No. Uh, a lot more freedom on the offensive end than the defensive end, absolutely. And he played very well. Again, that was another thing, his ability to adapt. When they had a guy, a big man like D.C., the stuff went inside, even though there were you know good players with him. When it was a forward, when it was a Billy Owens, He'd feature Billy Owens when it was a guard. He'd feature Sherman Douglas or he'd feature Pearl. Um, You know, the ability, again, to change what he was doing on the offensive end of the floor and to feature the great player, uh, no question. And I think all of those, particularly the great ones, would tell you how they loved playing for him, how he featured them, how he tailored the offense to them, uh, and how when it was a critical possession late in the game, you knew where the ball was going. It was going to the best player. Again, right. he was a great. Is a great game coach. Interesting great game
1: coach. All right. Uh, the move to the ACC. Did that uh, take some? Of, did that take some of the starch out of Jim and Syracuse?
0: Without question,
1: without question. I, I don't know why. I felt that when BC and and
0: they left, I thought it was really difficult. They obviously handled it better. It was it was football driven. And you know, from day one in the Big East, Dave Gabbett, That was probably his biggest concern. With all the great moves he made to feature the basketball, the thing he was always afraid of from day one was how do you keep the football schools in? You know, the, the chance you could lose those guys right from the beginning. And so many things we did when the league expanded, when, they, you know, Miami came in with different teams over the years. I'm going way back. Almost everyone was driven by we got to keep the football schools here. Well, you know, what can we do to keep the football schools in the league? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say it hurt their program, but, uh, you know, I think had the Big East been able to remain intact, I don't know how they could have done that unless they could have manufactured some football league. You know, where guys played basketball in one league but played football in the other.
1: Right. Um,
0: it, it would have been, but clearly, in my, my my opinion, and all of this is opinion, it was not good for BC. I don't think overall it was good for Syracuse. Uh, it certainly wasn't. What for is other Jim? Sports.
1: Knowing him as well as he does now, and he's a basketball junkie, watching games all over the night, which I know he does. How is he going to? How is he going to handle the first aspect of this retirement?
0: Not well, not well at all. I I don't think there's any question he'll do it. Uh, You know, he's got the family, he's got Julie for sure. But um, you know, it's when you do something that is as time consuming as coaching basketball is, and you do it for. Like, you know, counting kind of the assistant years, it's got to be almost close to sixty years, right? You're going to just cold turkey stop doing that. It's going to be tough. Think of all the summers that he and Mike spent when those guys are you know up in their ages. And look look at the years that the summer the summer work they picked up from the USA Basketball. You know how time consuming it is to to be a coach on, on like you know on, on an Olympic team or a World Championship team. There's your whole summer away from your team, so it, it's tough. Uh, And it's going to be difficult when you were as busy as he's been and you were as involved in Syracuse and USA basketball as Jim has been to all of a sudden not have it. Julie's going to go out of her mind. I tell you that. She's got to get him out of there for sure.
1: Why is now the inside college fan who knows him, loves him, the outside college fan kind of looks at him a little curmudgeon and he's not embraceable. I'm not talking me. I'm talking the average fan.
0: Jay I'm Wright's
1: Im- Jay writes, embraceable. Jimmy yep. isn't. Jimmy isn't. How come?
0: Because that's his. Uh, he, he is a curmudgeon, and for a lot of years, he was the guy that they loved to hate. You played against them. How hard it was to play in the dome and the whole deal. It was only later, as he got older, that people started looking through the, you know, the faces on the sideline and them pointing and all that. Uh, sometimes the combative press conferences, and you know like as you 're older, you get away with that stuff you say oh he 's just a keruchche, and that 's the way he is he 's been that way since he was in his twenties uh, i mean i met him when he was playing for the Scranton Miners in the Eastern League, Dougie, when he was assistant coach at Syracuse, and he was playing for the Scranton Minors in the eastern League and he was a good uh, player people don 't realize that big a, a good years player ago, we had him Westwood won we had him in Detroit where I think they were in the first four. And then we had him in Detroit in the new building, whatever it's called. It's one of the pizza buildings. And he, Dave Bing, and I and his family, we went out like every night. Uh, the, you know, the off nights. We had a, they won both games. They advanced to the Sweet 16 out, out of the first four. Uh, I forget who the two teams he beat was, but it was in Detroit. And Dave Bing was his roommate when he was a freshman. Played with Dave. Dave was the mayor of, of Detroit. No, uh, I know that.
1: I'm aware. Like four I'm aware. or five days
0: there. Yep. So, Unbelievable.
1: But- so bottom line is, as we let you go, your eyes, in your opinion, Syracuse did him a very bad way.
0: In my opinion. Prejudice, yes.
1: Bias, yes. Whatever word you want to say.
0: But you got to be kidding me. That, that kind of career, to have it end the way it ended, uh, disgraceful.
1: Wow. Go back to work. We'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. All right, Thank God. You. Great being with you, man.